Welcome, welcome everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hawk Talk. Uh, yeah, I'm Colin Cole, and uh, also we have David Porter joining us on the show today. David, thank you for joining me. Dude, you know, it's always a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah no, I know it's a pleasure to be here. Um, these circumstances are <laughs> not, uh, not the most favorable circumstances to, to talk uh, Hawkeye football right now. Currently, it's uh, it's been a bit of a difficult road for the Hawks, who are currently sitting at three and three after coming off of the loss against the last second loss against the Illinois Fighting Illini. That's the last second, last minute, really nine six loss. Um, um, but plenty of opportunities in this game, David, to to uh, to win. Plenty of opportunities, and just couldn't get it done. Um, what did you see in the game, David? Well, basically same thing you're talking about. Plenty of opportunities. The offense had the opportunity. They they actually had some decent drives put together. Just for whatever reason, it stalled. Penalty, uh, just poor execution. Uh, my God, that offense is just atrocious at times. I mean, it was 50 yards of rushing the ball, running the ball, compared to Illinois' 200. And like we talked about in the pregame, it's going to be the line – Versus our line, Iowa line versus Illinois defensive line. That's really going to be the tell of the tape, and it's going to be the same thing the other way. Their O line and put their will on our our defensive line. That's how they're able to get 200 yards rushing, right? Uh, and our and their defensive line was able to impose their will against our offensive line. They just kind of like just came and crushed. I mean, at one point, I believe we had negative rushing yards going into like the third quarter, maybe in the fourth. Like maybe midway through the third. So it was, um, yeah, we got thoroughly dismantled. And that's even with the backup quarterback for Illinois. I just, that's a tough one. So the, um, to say this has been a tough season with the offensive woes that we're, we're experiencing, I think you're being very kind about the whole situation. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, it was, uh, it has been a disappointment this year. Uh, let's just be frank about it. This has been a bit, a bit, a bit of a different, disappointing aspect of the season. We've talked about it on a number of occasions. Uh, there's nothing that we could sugarcoat about it. I mean, Hawkeye Nation, you guys see it out there. I mean, it's clear as day that uh, offensively this team has struggled throughout the season. Uh, questions about uh, the entirety of the whole situation have swirled around the program since the beginning of the season, uh, since it's coming out the gate against South Dakota State, it's just been a, it's been a constant uh, question about the offense and where they're going to manufacture points. Uh, it reared its head again this past, uh, this past game. It's unfortunate because these kids are the ones that are obviously working their butts off every day in practice. They don't want to put out performances like this, but this is what they're left with. Um, Going through it a little bit, Spencer Petras went 18 for 36 for 170 yards, one interception, no touchdowns. Again, uh, he was sacked five times in the game uh, for a loss of 32 yards. So, again, the offensive line struggles continue, and the inability to keep Spencer upright has uh, shown his head again in yet another game. And it's uh, difficult to think about uh, – how this offense may be different uh, with a little bit more veteran offensive offensive line, those guys up front. 
but that's what we're dealing with. That's where we are with this season. Um, LaShawn Williams led the rushing attack with seven carries for 33 yards. And um, Caleb Johnson was behind him. He actually had nine carries for 30 yards. Gavin Williams also had four carries for four yards. Um, Sam Laporta was the leading receiver. He came out and was really aggressive, man. I saw him make some tremendous catches and make some plays. Anika uh, Regani also played a hell of a role. He, he was that he had a number of opportunities. Um, uh, Sam had nine catches and Nico had seven catches respectively. Those guys played their hearts out. The rest of the offense definitely played their hearts out. It was just a difficult task and it's in, in its entirety. And you flip it on the other side, um, the Illinois fighting alignment, uh, Tommy. DeVito. <laughs> Sorry, man. Go ahead. Are you good? Are you good? Tommy well, DeVito, their starting quarterback, man. Kind at the end of the first quarter. What? Yes. What? They lost a quarterback and they still kicked our butt. I'm like, what do you want? Go ahead. Let's go through stats. Go for it. Artur Sitkowski came in and went 13 for 19 for 74, almost 74 yards and one interception. Uh, but he played a, a crucial role in leading that team down the stretch. Tommy DeVito only went six for 11 for 42 yards before he had to leave. He had a long run as well. Um, but uh, the, the tail of the tape, you know, those of us who are out there are boxing fans. We always look for what that tail of the tape is. The tail of the tape is there in the rushing yards in this game for Chase Brown. We talked about him in the pregame, what he brings to the table being the nation's leading rusher. And for Illinois fans, he did not disappoint. Uh, he went for 31 carries for 152 yards. And um, he didn't have any touchdowns. He had a long of 23 yards, but uh, 152 yards by himself. Tommy DeVito was the second leader rushing with 21 yards. The team as a whole carried, had uh, 215 total yards rushing, uh, as opposed to Iowa's 95, like you mentioned. Um, so it was a bit lopsided in that statistical category no touchdowns by anybody um, but uh, Brian Hightower had five catches for 68 yards and um, it, like you said man the biggest part about it more so was just the fact of um, uh, they were just able to sustain drives they were able to put drives together and offensively they did just enough even when Iowa had some turnovers and created turnovers uh, we had a short field as, with some opportunities we just weren't able to complete it David so before we jump onto the defensive side David both offenses struggled to put the ball into the end zone but as far as the Hawkeye offense um, lackluster performance statistically um, I hate to do it man but where's where does the Hawkeyes go from here the the noise is deafening. The noise is so loud, it's deafening uh, because there's a lot of outrage, a lot of people that are not happy with how this team is performing currently. Uh, but, you know, we're here, to, we're here to report on the facts. We're here to talk about this team as a whole as we see it uh, with the inner knowledge that we have. Dave, man, how does this offense turn around? How does this team find a way going into the bye week? You know, you got a couple of extra days to game plan against the number two ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. So, how did this? How does this yeah. team get itself prepared for another matchup, a Big Ten matchup against the Big Ten perennial power, Ohio State Buckeyes? But before we get to that, how does this team bounce back? Where do they find their footing? How does what is the, what do the Hawks go from here? Um, that's a great question, and I, I wish I had a great answer for you. I really do. I mean, looking at what we have offensively, um, I. There's a 
many places. There aren't many places for us to get better there. I mean, we got, according to what the coaches said, they're the ones that are there every day. Like, they know better than we do. They're putting the best players out there. And if they're telling us this is the best we have, um, I'm not sure where we go from here. The offensive line, like you said, Spencer was sacked five times. Mm-hmm. Yep. And last game, the game before that, he was sacked I mean, it was three untimely sacks, like in a row, back to back to back. It was bad. Um, you know, Sam LaPorter is our, uh, star, our star receiver as a tight end. That, that, he's leading all receivers as a tight end. That's just really crazy. Um, you know, this, don't know, man. Unless we, um, you know, Spencer, they say give us the best, gives us the best opportunity. Maybe a dual threat quarterback change there might help. But going up against, like you said, Ohio State, and we're going, we're going to Ohio State. We're going to be there in the big horseshoe. Uh, I'm not sure that's where you want to switch out the quarterbacks right now. I said we, I wish we would have done that. Um, what game was that? Nevada? Yeah, against Nevada. But we had the two games so he can get ready. I'll call them the tune-up games before Michigan came to town. Or no, before, yeah, before we went to Michigan. And yeah, I, I just don't know where we go right now. The running game is going to be able to get going. Uh, it doesn't look like we're, we're hitting that way. Uh, pass game is basically ineffective. A lot of teams, especially the defense coordinators, they're looking at this stuff and saying, okay, we got to figure it out. Um, heck, Michigan, uh, Harbaugh called our, our defense the, the Parker way. So they're pretty, they're, everyone's getting pretty used to that defense and the style in which we play. That was very, um, very evident. And heck, Illinois went 16 plays on their first drive and 66 yards. So, um, Right now, these kids, they got to band together and get in there and just work on one thing at a time. You know, um, you got you got the right tackle. He's opening up a gate still. They get him just to stay square. That'd be nice. Get a good start and stay square. Don't give up the inside. Don't give up the outside. Really just stay square and last minute, get a good punch in. That's what you got to do. But it's all these little things that are just occurring on every – the different positions. And it just happens to happen at different times. So when there's not a breakdown here, there's a breakdown there. So at one point, we just need to get to the point where we're fundamentally sound for all plays on every phase uh, for an entire drive. That would be great. So limiting those mistakes and mental errors, uh, that will really be great. Uh, maybe some, uh, some different play calling, something a little more innovative where we're not throwing a, a tight end screen. 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, actually catching the ball behind the line of scrimmage. My God. I don't know. I forgot how many tackles for loss we had. I think it was like nine. There were nine or 10 tackles for loss. And it was also within our first 36 plays uh, on offense. So changing up the play calling, uh, getting these guys to focus maybe on one or two details as opposed to multiple things. So we have a young offensive line. There's a lot of stuff that goes in to that there's a lot of details and then uh you know getting our getting our offense really to the point where they can sustain a drive you know for the multiple times throughout the course of a game because right now even playing against Illinois 
Illinois has the time of possession. They control the ground. Their offensive line controlled it. Their defensive line, their line controlled that game. Uh, our defense is great. Our special teams are great. Uh, without the without the offense there to really help balance it out, um, you know these guys. Like you said they're they really are just kids. Uh, they're going to get worn down as the season goes on, like any other human being would. And I, yeah, it's not alone now. He said it's a it's a big big perfect storm of just ineptness right now going on there. Hmm. In ineptness. That's a way to put it. Um, um, yeah, it's definitely an area. There are plenty of areas for this team to grow, get better, and particularly on the offensive side of the ball, it's got they got they got the work cut out for them between Kirk and Brian over there. They got their work cut out for them, and um, people are becoming restless. So hopefully, they can get some things figured out. Uh, flip it over to the defensive side real quick before we jump off. Um, Jack Campbell led the tackling for the Hawks with 13. Uh, Quinn Schulte, uh, he actually had nine and a timely interception. Uh, these guys work, have worked tremendously hard. Uh, Logan Lee actually had nine tackles as well. Noah Shannon had eight. I'm sorry, no, Logan Lee had eight, and Noah Shannon also had eight. Um, but one stat that I know that noticed that they didn't have was uh, zero sacks on the Illinois quarterbacks. So um, they had a number of tackles for loss, had some negative yardage plays, but no sacks. Uh, where I mentioned, as I mentioned earlier, Illinois had came away with five sacks on the game. So those negative yardage plays show up when it comes time for you know the importance of the game overall. And but uh, guys weren't able to get it done on the defensive side. But uh, like you mentioned, it's tough. Right? It's very tough when you talk about uh, trying to win a game uh, against Big Ten caliber opponents and we talked about this in the pregame I especially when we talked about we talked about running back and what he brings to the table because uh he was tremendous we saw him in a few of those games early on in the season and he definitely showed uh tremendous ability and uh he did not disappoint so it is definitely a bit frustrating to see things turn up the way that they did but uh you know talent just shows when it shows a uh, guy like Chase Brown, who, again, is just a junior, um, has plenty of uh, ability. And we have to do a lot to corral a guy like that and keep a guy like that bottled up and, you know, make him one-dimensional, especially when they have a backup quarterback, man. But it's quite frustrating to see uh, a defense that has to get on the field over and over and over again uh, because of the difficulties that are going on on the offensive side of the ball. Just keeping it honest, keeping it frank. It's difficult difficult thing and we're all watching the games we all see what's happening so hopefully you know we can make some changes all three phases of the game are what it takes to win these games you know obviously we want to see the the offense you know it's just, it's it's horrible to say it but it's 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 kind of uh difficult and embarrassing to hear the announcers on tv talking about well if they could just sustain a drive if they can just sustain a drive that's frustrating it's very frustrating for everybody <laughs> in Hawkeye Nation. You know it is. Oh so, man! So hey, yeah. our offense, uh, the ability there, we can't get the running game going. Uh, the rush yards we got crushed on. They more than doubled us. Penalties, 
They have fewer yards. They have fewer penalties for fewer yards. Illinois controlled the time of possession, too. They were three for three on fourth down conversions. You know, uh, and they have 18, touched, uh, 18 first downs and 316 total yards to our 222, I think that's what that was. Yeah. Yeah, we had a quarter yeah. of the rushing yards they had. Man. We had 52, you know, with you add in the negative plays, and they had 200. So mm-hmm. a quarter of the rushing yards. And, you know, Illinois has clearly established themselves. Brett Bilma has established a culture there, and he's definitely found players to fill that culture, man. So hats off to the Illinois Fighting Illini. They played just well enough to win that game, and those are the kind of – ugly wins that you look for in a season where you're trying to, to build and, and find success. So that's off to that program. You know, it's the first time they've won uh, against the Hawks in eight tries. So, yeah, is what it is. So that being said, man, I don't have anything else to say about this. I'm ready to flush it and move on. Um, so uh, I'm Colin Cole. That's David Porter. This is Hawk Talk. <laughs> Like I'm out. I mean, I want to talk about it more. I want to get into it more. But good lord, man, this is uh, we don't. We moving on to Ohio State. Like it's just like really, we got a four point three chance of winning against Ohio State. Like, what what are we what are we talking about? No. I'd rather talk about this game than the Ohio State game. You're moving too fast. You're moving too fast. We are now talking about the bye week. Now we have yes. to we have to Thank do God. everything we can to win the bye week. That's where I am with it. What do we have to do as a team, as a program to win this week? Winning this week looks like getting guys back from injury, getting guys healthy again, getting guys through the week and getting some good preparation uh, going into the, the the week following the bye week. Last year, we didn't fare so well coming out of the bye week. We we played, we faced Purdue and then we came out of the bye week and I think we faced, uh, was it Northwestern? And uh, we took two L's in a row. So hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, we can... Uh, Change that trend, um, you know, obviously against the almighty uh, Ohio State Buckeyes next weekend. Uh, but for the for the now, uh, we got to talk about these guys and, uh, you know, hopefully they can make some changes and at least look at some other opportunities on offense. Look at some look at it. Look at doing some things differently, because right now it's just not working. So um, with that, I'm Colin Cole. Um, that's Dave Reporter. Uh, this is Hawk Talk. Uh, click subscribe and all the other good stuff. Uh, follow us on all the, the social medias. We love it, man. Appreciate you guys that who, who have and all, everyone who has. Um, jump on with us. Appreciate you. Uh, with that, that's my show. That's our show for the day. I'm Colin Cole. God bless and go Hawks. Go Hawks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.